Welcome, you're listening to another special Inbound 17 pop-up episode of Inbound Buzz. My name is Moby Sadiq and thank you for joining us for today's episode. We're looking back at some of my highlights of day three from Inbound 2017. Did you know that this year they actually had 22,000 people at Inbound? That is just insane. Last year they had like 19,000, so it just, it just keeps growing and growing. I don't know where they're going to put these people next year. So let's kick it straight to Michelle Obama. Man, apart from a super tough security detail that required you to be at the convention center no later than 7.30 a.m., by all accounts, it was an amazing segment. You know, it actually makes complete sense now in hindsight. I remember on day one of Inbound seeing sniffer dogs and I remember turning to Ian Jacobs from The Hub Shots who I spent a lot of time with during the, the show so to shout out to you Mr. Ian Jacobs and I remember saying who on earth is popping pills at Inbound? Like I mean I know it's like a party but who rocks off to uh, content marketing? But yeah it makes complete sense now. In hindsight they were obviously sniffing for bombs or whatever right um, pre Michelle Obama arriving. Any opportunity to see someone like Michelle Obama, former first lady of the biggest superpower on earth for eight years, I mean, you've, you've got to take that opportunity. It was quite an experience, and I'm not really sure how they're going to top that next year. She was interviewed by Roxanne Gay, who I think did a great job in letting Michelle Obama just talk. Just let her talk, not interfere too much, and I think she actually did a decent job. Now, a couple of quick, quick highlights from her talk. The first one was, like, a lot of this stuff isn't revolutionary, but sometimes it just sounds different in the context, and, you know, it sounds different when you hear it in the context of someone like Michelle Obama who experienced what she actually experienced. The first thing I want to talk about is, she said, don't let what other people say define you. Own yourself, but do the work so the work speaks for itself. This is particularly pertinent when you consider... And this happens around the world, you know, a man can wear whatever he wants, but a woman, the moment she's in power, people are questioning, like, what dress is she wearing, or what shoes is she wearing, and, you know, we had that in Australia when we had Julia Gillard, the first female Prime Minister of the country as well, so she was like, you know what, you just do the work, you just put your head down and do the work, and your work ends up representing you, so that was that was pretty important stuff, and yeah, I mean, it was a you know, fairly female-heavy empowerment type of message um, and one of the things and I shared with my wife actually um, she was saying you know make your voices heard so women are put in a position where often you know say they're in a boardroom right they they have to say yes right they they, they just they feel like they, they're compelled to say yes to whatever sort of happening or even your kids you know from even from that kind of role you're saying yes to your kids all the time like what do you kids want or whatever and maybe it's a spouse I don't know so you know her whole message was make your voices heard and it's it's important to remember that Michelle Obama yeah sure she was a former first lady but people forget like she ran like a hospital she was a, a lawyer like you know she's she had a freaking life before being former first lady of the United States another message she had was dignity being kind being human in whatever you're doing a key quote that she she said was our legacy is not going to be barack just tweeting in the wind and stirring up trouble you have to lead with grace 
and and I, I think that's quite reflective like whether it's a good situation or a bad situation uh, conducting yourself in in a, in a high order I think is really really important finally she had a message for the youth but I think this kind of applies to almost everyone don't bite off more than you can chew she said during her time at the White House she had AIDS and you know they were young and passionate some of the most brightest minds from the country and they wanted to do so many things and she would actually stop and Ask them, like, how's that going to impact not only you, how much pressure are you putting on yourself, but also the people around you, the people who are going to need to facilitate a lot of your ideas and the projects that you want to be working on. How's that going to impact your family? So I think, you know, it's actually not a bad time to have a message like that, particularly when you're at a conference when you're getting pumped with ideas and you want to do all these things and, and actually realizing to to take one key thing at a time and execute, learn, and then move on to the next thing. So that was that, right? Something more functional. And again, obviously, this is more of a recap of the sessions I in- intend, uh, I attended. So if you haven't been to Inbound before, you go to these spotlights, you have like these Michelle Obamas and you know Brian Halligan, Damesha, the founders of HubSpot, these sessions where nothing else is on at that time. And then during the day, you have these breakout sessions. And these can be strategic, these can be tactical, it can be on Facebook, video, AI, whatever sort of the flavor at the moment, right? Now, one I went to is something that's quite personal to me, something that I want to focus on in the next sort of 12 months, 18 months, something that I think is going to have a big impact in my professional development and uh, for my business as well, and that's writing a book. So Kareem Taylor had this amazing session on Stop Waiting and Start a Book. Kareem himself, by day, is a voiceover actor for TV and radio, and of course, he's written his own book, so he's a subject matter expert, and he actually speaks across the world about what he does and, and um, topics like writing a book. He One of the, the key things he started with was people get stuck in the brainstorming phase. Before they put pen to paper, finger to keystroke, what on earth am I going to write about? How am I going to flesh this thing out? One key tactic he shared was take a topic, take a subject, and start asking yourself questions about that topic. And all of a sudden, you have this entire web of Q&A and chapters. So for example, you know, consider something like toxic workplace, right? Toxic workplace might be HR subject. You know, what is a toxic workplace? Uh, how do you solve the problem of a toxic workplace? What does a, a, a post-toxic workplace organization look like so all these kind of questions in themselves can become chapters and a good book and this is this is an idea it's not essentially for every single book but a good book answers a key question right i think that was a really really good way of thinking about it and for me this seemed so simple and so natural this is exactly they ask you answer methodology by Marcus Sheridan. The idea of understanding what our questions, what the questions our customers and personas are asking and solving them. And you know, in this kind of case, putting them in book form. Another tactic was voice memos. Once you have a subject, um, take voice memos on your on your you know phone, record voice memos, which is a particularly a good idea if you don't consider yourself to be a traditional writer. Michelle Obama, funnily enough, in literally the session before, was talking about how her husband, Barack, he is a pure writer. He will just write. Whereas Michelle actually has an entire team helping her, you know, uh, like recording her conversations and 
um, you know, jotting things down because she isn't a traditional writer of sorts. So that's a good way to kind of structure ideas. I think a key here would have to be a schedule when you think about it. In a calendar, whether it's every a specific time in that week or even every two weeks for goodness sakes right doesn't matter as long as you're doing something slow progress is still progress and that's important when you consider there were people in the room and kareem asked who he has been thinking about writing a book for more than five years and a bunch of hands shot up he's like wow man you guys need to have some sort of process in place now more than ever, the self-publishing industry has become, it's so its so more advanced than it used to be. There's so many more options there. You don't have to go to a Wiley or a Penguin or someone like that. You can self-publish. And it's, it's very professional. I mean, book against book, you, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And there was a couple of options he shared, and I'll share them with you now. One was Create Space by Amazon. Another one was Ingram Spark. And then uh, the third one was Lulu. So Create Space, Ingram Spark, and Lulu. The beauty is you don't need the minimums to be in the thousands, right? Because the biggest fear would be, like, no, I would have this fear. Who on earth is going to buy this? Like, what if no one buys this thing, right? You can order as few as one book if you wanted to. Possibly the most useful area Cream spoke about, and this will be music to your ears. If, if a book is something you'd love to write one day, is actually getting help, specifically getting paid help. There are so many different services that can help you write a book. A lot of these I had no idea of. You can actually get people to review your book. Say you've done your book, you can get them to review your book or even just review the skeleton and structure of your book and give you some guidance. There are editors that you can hire. Editors that will actually go through your book and try to you know, take your brief and give it a semblance of some sort of structure. Um, and even writers. Cream said, like, there is a huge misconception that just because you see a name on a cover doesn't mean that person actually wrote the book. Like, that's one extreme, right? Getting someone to write the entire book. But you can get someone to kind of flesh it out for you. You know, if you if you had a very clear idea of what you've done, you've had your brainstorm, you've kind of asked yourself questions and turned that brainstorm topic into, like, all these different tangents and, and chapters, um, you could actually use that as a, as a bit of a brief. You could even use them for the research phase, which can be quite time-consuming. For example, if you had a point or an argument that people who read are more important, are more emotionally intelligent, that doesn't nearly sound as impressive as, according to a, a review by Harvard, uh, people who read once a week are 20% more emotionally intelligent. I've just made that stat up. But you know what I mean? You can actually get that help. Moving on, the final thing I want to talk about is AI. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, bots, that whole kind of ballpark. And this is an area that I'm still trying to get a grasp on. So I really needed to attend this session. I mean, I get it conceptually, but in terms of actual relevance to for us humble marketers and for me to use on my clients, I was, I was really keen on hearing from this speaker. So the, this speaker was uh, Adeline Zhao from TopBots. And here is sort of my summary. Before I go any further, this is my take on bots. And a few people ask me this. What, what's my take on AI and bots? If you're a large company, say in the B2C space, then now is definitely the time to be evaluating AI and machine learning and look towards building your own clever bot. For most of us, though, I think the priority is more to be aware of AI. Just have that curiosity about AI and its developments as they happen. Understand where it's going understand what the larger companies are already doing 
and honestly take a little bit of a wait and see approach tied possibly to the marketing technology stack you're already invested in so hubspot you know i mentioned this earlier this week hubspot acquired motion.ai and they're not the only one salesforce a company known for just gobbling up acquisitions uh, I think last year or possibly started this year, purchased MetaMind and Minhash. They're also in the machine learning and AI space. At the moment, most of AI seems very rule and data input driven. So for example, uh, if the bot sees the word, you know, you could set these rules, it's quite manual. If the bot sees the word price or complaint, then offer X or Y to them. Uh, another example that I saw was, look, he bot we're going to feed you a mol a million images of a cat now go out there in the kind of you know internet and find cats recognize cats so a lot of kind of import and rule based triggers at the moment notwithstanding that i think most people don't realize what ai can already do and adeline shared some fascinating examples which i think are great for you to be aware of to think about what people are doing where it's going First example, AI has already written a score of music. They fed it imports, it sh they've showed it what music looks like, and it has looked at the rules and patterns and developed its own music. And another exercise was done where they fed this machine, whatever you want to call it, thousands of romance novels, right? They fed it with thousands of romance novels, so it started to understand language and the adjectives and, and it, the way these novels were structured and then they asked it to describe an image of two sumo wrestlers with hilarious results i can't remember the freaking quote but it was hilarious right you can just imagine i embraced the other man with my arms and we we caressed each other it was like freaking hilarious right but the thing is it was actually able to do something with that data which i think is the important point we're, we're at the point now where very very soon a lot of media monitoring companies will either need to adapt or they will also be disrupted and wiped off, off the face of the earth. When a brand, for example, sponsors a major sporting event, someone needs to manually review footage and then report back to the client on the worth of that sponsorship, or what I call the eyeball worth of that sponsorship investment. AI is in a position to do that now. You don't need to have people who are going to miss things and, you know, will get lazy and not and for the clients amazing too like it's obviously accurate and there might be other areas that they haven't thought about from a social media monitoring point of view for at the moment now you can do this using radian 6 hootsuite a whole bunch of software you have to the, the the tools need to evaluate hashtags or keywords or something but ai will be very quickly able to tell you how many people who shared their photos publicly publicly and had your product in it didn't hashtag didn't anything or how many just random images popped up with your product and how much exposure did you get whether you were tagged in or not i'll end it with a couple of examples already in the wild so sephora the fashion retailer has a bot where you can ask it for makeup tips klm has ha, does have one where you can actually book flights and here's why you need to keep an eye out funnily enough it appears that people are very open to sharing personal information with a bot Bots have an engagement rate of 60 to 70%. And I think this is this is weird, but kind of makes sense. Maybe because they think the bot can't judge them. Like imagine trying to, you know, like say a pharmacy website and you go onto the pharmacy website and you ask a bot, you're, you're going to be a little bit more open. You'll, you'll be a little bit more direct 
because you know this thing will be able to help you in a certain way. So that is really interesting and opens a whole lot of ethical questions as well, which I think this is something that's going to appear in debate in the very near future. Keep an eye out because the bot component of AI will work just like manned live chat before it. It is the path of least resistance for a consumer to get their questions answered for them to get help. So it's going to work. All right, guys, I've also got a bunch of interviews I can't wait to share with you, but I'll share them separately as these pop-up interviews are running a bit long. Um, I've got a video hosting company. We've got Seros. We've got a core tracking company, a whole bunch of stuff. So definitely look out for those. And I'll catch you for what will be a sad, but I'm sure very satisfying final day of Inbound 2017. Day four, there's going to be John Cena there. Uh, Rand Fishkin is going to be there. So I can't wait to share some of those gems with you. So I'll join you for my day four recap of Inbound 2017. See ya.